Okay, good morning, everybody. So happy to see you all this morning. Um, the one of the best tools we have in our life is the language, right? We can speak. Even we have one of the best uh, tool in our lives. Sometimes languages are very difficult to communicate what we have in our mind. So what we are understanding, what we are trying to tell other people, language is the best tool, but at the same time it is very difficult, we feel limited. Um, so therefore, English is not my first language. So this is my second language. I can speak, I mean it, but I don't know how you get it. How, how you understand it. I don't know that because I cannot be responsible for that. Therefore, I'm always reminding people when you listen to somebody adapted language and talking, so I'm always reminding people because I'm talking a lot, don't listen to my words, listen to my heart. If you listen to my heart, you will get it. If you listen to my word, you don't get it. Make sense? It's same any language. So therefore, I try my best. So anyway, we all want to be joyful, balanced, content, and happy. I, you know, you all understand. I'm not going to talk about those things. That is our goal in life. Whatever we do. So anyway, I know I am so annoying. <laughs> so I am understanding that. You know, and maybe people who uh, do with me closely, they know my nature. Yes, so, they do. right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I knew, I knew, <laughs> I knew you are going to say something, Tyler. <laughs> I was waiting for it. And so, I, I, you know, so if I'm annoying now, now think about 30 years ago, you know, how difficult to work with me. I am not unkind person, but my work ethic is very different. So that's my uniqueness. So that's how I work. And also, I used to be a very angry little monk. So after I become a monk age 11, when I'm going through all the process, and I used to be very angry, very annoying, because of my negative mindset, I'm accepting that one day, within a five minute, whole school closed. Can you believe, you know, that much I was annoying and to the other students and the teachers. I am not afraid to talk. So even I was in the school, I'm always, if I see something not right, even the staff or the principal, <laughs> I go to the office, I just say it. Therefore, I'm always in trouble. Why? I'm always, you know, talking how I feel. So anyway, now... Uh, being a monk last 40 years, when I process my practice day by day, I can see big changes are happening in my life. So people who see me, people who are living close to me, they can see my nature. I am kind of progressing. I am kind of changing. That's why I am very busy in the world because of my practice. Thousands of people change their lives too. I can see that. I am very honest about my journey. So anyway, 
now I can see big shift in my practice. So I am getting better. I am more mindful about my feeling, uh, mindful about my words, mindful about my action, uh, very mindful before I say something to somebody. And also I take lots of time to process. Then I say it if there is no um, emergency. That's how I'm doing now. So that means still I'm annoying, as I said, <laughs> right? But now I can see I'm getting better, I'm progressing, I'm going towards the right direction. So today what I'm going to talk to you, the Buddha said we had to address this in, in the last, last of our enlightenment. That's the last part. And same time, I can see even we had to address in the last, but it's the first part too. <laughs> So it is, a, it is, there is an issue in the beginning, but we had to address it last. But now anyway, I think in my practice, my journey and your journey, we had to talk about it. So now I'm thinking myself, before I come here, I was in Detroit and then before that I was in Australia. I, when I go to uh, Australia, I was 21. Now I'm turning into 56 this year. So it's a, you can see long time I'm moving around and try to understand myself. Same time I try to maintain this spiritual practice and sharing this teaching with other people. So today I'm going to talk about the root of our problems. The root of our problems. Root of my problem, which is I am figuring out right now, I'm working on it. And maybe you can consider about that too. So. I'm going to tell a couple of stories, how I understand it, how I start to see it, how I'm processing my life. So maybe it will be beneficial to you. So first time when I leave Sri Lanka, I was 21 and never had the experience out of country, just graduated from the school. And I'm the only option my teacher had to send somebody to Australia. I don't know what he was asking me. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> no idea. He gave me a ticket. I just left. Now after I go there, it's a five-acre land that time. And I'm just by myself, middle of this farmland in B Brisbane, Australia. So people coming to the temple only weekends. But this 21-year young man by myself in this farmland, first time out of the country. So it's a, like a, a tin sheet roof, no air conditioner, very hot during the summertime. I'm like in heat, however I was handling, I'm working with people. So during that process, one day I felt this is not right. You know, you can see my now annoying nature, right? You know, so this is not right. I cannot be a prisoner in this building. They are coming every weekend. They bring food every day. I feel I'm a very comfortable prisoner. You know, everything is there, but I feel I'm stuck. Then one day I was thinking to myself, no matter what, I have to explore. I want to experience life. What is going here in this area? Then I saw there was a white bus going by the temple. Then I was thinking, I'm going to get into the bus ride. You know, I didn't tell people, you know, 
you know, people think I'm very stubborn. Yes, I do. And so without telling people, I was thinking I'm getting the bus. I'm going to have a bus tour around the Brisbane city. So in Sri Lanka, even 100 people sitting in the bus, if monk get into a bus, who are in the front seat, they get up, even 100 people in the bus, we get the seat. That's the rule in Sri Lanka. It says in the front seat, it says it's for the clergies, for the monks or people, you know, the religious leaders. So I'm so used to that. That age, my age, that time, I'm always getting to the bus in Sri Lanka. So having that intention, I was getting to the bus. I was thinking somebody, you know, now think about I'm wearing the rose. very difficult. It's a piece of clothes. I'm, it's not a dress. I'm, you know, putting it, right, wrap it. Any minute is, you know, is losing. So then I was getting to the bus. I was thinking somebody will, my expectation, somebody will offer me a seat. Now, right after I get into the bus, everybody kind of rolling their eyes and kind of looking at me, kind of weird person. I'm talking about like 30 years ago. Who is this person? I feel a little uncomfortable. Then kind of having expectation, look around the seat. Why? My mind is conditioned. Somebody will give me a seat, but nobody give me a seat. I was so upset. I was so upset. I'm so uncomfortable. Now I'm standing in the bus. However, now I cannot get off from the bus. I have to get down in the Brisbane city. But I'm so worrying and concerned. I get down in the Brisbane city. I'm not comfortable to travel. Then I get into the next bus. I came back. That much I was uncomfortable. What I did right after I come to the temple, I called my teacher uh, who ordained me. I said, I don't like Australia. <laughs> so, you know, then he asked me, because you can see I'm a, like a childish. And so, I don't like Australia. Could you please take me back to Sri Lanka? Then he asked, what's going on? What happened? I said, I don't like this country. He asked, why? I said, I was getting to the bus. Nobody give me a seat. So then I said to my teacher, could you please, you know, send me a ticket? I want to come back to Sri Lanka. Then he said, sure, sure, sure. Don't worry. You know, it will be fine. I will send you. A... But he never sent me a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so then now I'm still working at the temple. Same time I'm worrying my expectation. I really want to go. I don't like this country. I don't like these people. I don't like this culture. Lots of things going on in my mind. Then one day, same time I had to give a talk. You know, I have lots of information in my head and as details. Then one day I was sitting and thinking myself, what's wrong with me? Something wrong. I'm so worrying and I know it is a new experience. Then I realized why I'm so worrying, why I don't want to be in this country. What is the problem in me? Then little by little I realized I'm so worrying about myself, who I am. Because my mind is so conditioned, because being in Sri Lanka in a Buddhist culture, you know, Jay is here, he's Sri Lankan too, he understands monks are always on the pedestal, always in the top. That's how we, they trade. It doesn't matter. Monks is seven years old or 70 years old, doesn't matter. Always monks are on the pedestal. That's how we raise whole my life, age 11 to now. So now my mind is conditioned to that, therefore I have lots of expectations. 
you know, culturally I am conditioned. So then I realized the problem is the way I am believing about myself. I am believing about myself. Then I was questioning about who I am. Why am I worrying? Then I realized the biggest issue in my life, everybody has this problem, ego-related issues. Because I'm believing who I am. Then I was questioning myself. I don't have a great wisdom that, that time, but I had lots of uh, academical information, what I learned from the books, but I don't know how to process them. Because that age. Okay? So anyway, I realized this is the problem. My ego, you know, my egoistical mind is the issue. Now I am trying to get into the detail little by little more and more. Then I am processing, I am getting better. Then I was there five years. Then five years later, I had the opportunity to come to United States. First I landed to uh, Atlanta. So right after get out from the Atlanta, there was a tall, six foot tall guy, you know, the uh, African American man looking at me. And the way he was talking to me when I come out from the, hey man, what's up? <laughs> right? Then I was thinking, what's wrong with him? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Why culturally I don't know what he meant by that. I felt it is so rude. Again, I felt somebody poking me. Does make sense? Now I feel a little hurt. So then I realized, but the good thing about my practice, I recognize this right away now. There's a problem, not in that person, problem in me. Now keep processing, keep processing. Then I came to Detroit. Then I'm running the temple. Again, one day, I had the um, opportunity to have a Greyhound bus ride from Detroit to New York City. Okay? So it's a very interesting, this story. <laughs> and so now I was getting to the Greyhound bus. I was sitting there. So in the last minute, nobody sit next to me. I'm the only person, but next seat is empty. Nobody sit, kind of weird. Then I realize maybe they are not comfortable to sit with me. But still, I feel hurt about that too. Why I'm taking everything personal. So in the last minute, there was a young man, maybe he's 18, 19 years old, I can see. He just get into the bus, look around, there is a no seat. Then only seat he can see next to me, very uncomfortably, he was sit down next to me. Now he can sit like a statue and he's not moving at all. I'm in the window seat, there he's in aisle. Then I felt he's like a frozen. So, I, you know, my nature, I always talking, then I thought, I cannot ride like 15 hours like this in the bus. And I had to get up, I had to move, and you know, then I said, hi. And then he said, hi. That's it, he's not looking at my face, nothing. Then I was thinking, he doesn't like me. That's why he's not talking. Now think about how difficult to adapt to a new culture. So, then I was keep trying, keep trying. Then he, the first question he asked from me, are you married? <laughs> That's the, you know, then he asked, who are you? Then I said, I'm, I was so proud to say I'm a Buddhist monk, right? Then he, he's not excited about it. <laughs> right? Then he asked, are you married? I said, no, monks are not married. Then he said, oh, you are crazy. <laughs> then he said like that. Now I totally understand. 
what it means. Now, many years ago, 30 years ago, when somebody say, you are crazy, then I was thinking, I'm a Buddhist monk. How come I'm going to be crazy? I know there are so many crazy monks anyway now. Right? I understand that too. But that time I don't have that wisdom to get it. So then I thought, doesn't help. Talking with this man doesn't help. But however, very few words we talk. And so I was so uncomfortable. I'm sitting there 15 hours later. When I get out from the bus, I said, thank you so much sitting next to me. What I had, I had the little name card, you know, the, like a business card. I just gave it one card to him. Then he didn't say thank you, he just grabbed it, he just walked away. I was a little upset again now. And so anyway, I did my trip, then I returned to Detroit, then I had the opportunity to come to Chicago here. Then I moved to here, now I'm living here. Then five years later, I got an email. Then I can see there is an email, I cannot remember, he was telling me a story. Hey, Bante, I met you at the Greyhound bus five years ago. I don't know whether you are living this world or not. And I have an issue. So that time, I don't know about the Buddhist or Buddhist monk. I was going to my college. And so therefore, you know, when you talk to me, I felt a little uncomfortable. Now being in New York City, I am more exposed to... A, you know, the monks and the religious leaders, I feel a little comfortable. Uh, now I am graduated, but I have an issue. I'm, you know, the substance, I'm using drugs. So sometimes I feel suicidal. One day I was thinking I'm going to kill myself. That thought came to my mind. I came from work. I was laying on my bed. I was thinking how I'm going to take my life. Then that moment, thought came to my mind, oh my God, I met a Buddhist monk long time ago. Maybe better to contact him before I die. So then he just sent me that email, still I have that email, he sent to my old hotmail address. And so then right away, I called him, there was a phone number. Then I said, I can help you, how can I help you, you know, so then I said to him, very difficult to help you from the distance. Then I said, I'm living in Chicago. If you need, please come here. I will help you. Then he said, where am I going to stay? I said, you can stay with me. <laughs> and so without thinking too much, I asked him to come. Then there was uh, you know, another monk who used to live with me. In that evening, I said to him, there is a guest coming tomorrow. Then he asked me, who is that? I said, I don't know. But uh, I met him, you know, five years ago in the Greyhound bus. And he's a drug addict. And <laughs> I'm going to help him. Uh, I already, you know, asked him to come and stay. Then he, he was so upset with me. What's wrong with you? You know, how he's going to, you know, we have, you know, the two-bedroom apartment in Crystal Lake. And how we are going to do I said, already I made the plan. I'm very sorry. And he's coming. So then he came and stayed with me a few weeks. <clears throat> then I said, you have to go to each meditation classes with me. And so without my guidance, you cannot do things. You are under my roof now. So I'm going to help you. And now he's doing good. Every morning he's meditate with me. He's going to all the classes. He did really good. So then after, you know, the few weeks later, 
I felt he's getting comfortable with me, I'm getting comfortable with him, we are doing so well, he's doing so good, and practicing really well. One day I was thinking, this is not right. Now he's getting more comfortable here, and I'm doing everything. Now he has to go and experience his life. I made the proposal, no, this is enough now. Now you have enough tools, you have to go back where you were, and you have to find a job, you have to make your life better, right? Then uh, he said, no, I feel fearful to go to the real nature again. I said, no, I'm here to help you, please go. Then finally he made the decision to go. He left. Every day I call him, every day he called me, we communicate, he did really well. After a few years later, he was calling me and said, Bhante, I have a girlfriend, I'm going to marry her, can you come and do our wedding? So then I did that, now they have two children. <laughs> And so, they are doing so well. What I'm trying to tell you, sharing this story, that day when I was at the Greyhound bus, it was so challenging for me because of my egotistical mind, right? Because it's really hurting me. It's really painful for me. Even I had that little pain in my own mind. What I did, I was keep talking, you know, keep trying to help. You know, even I gave him a card. I had the good intention. So if because of my egotistical mind, even it is so painful for me that day, if I didn't respond to him, if I didn't give him a card, if I didn't give him a little kindness and compassion, I think he never make his life like this. So therefore I'm telling you, ego, you know, self, believing self is a silent killer. It's destroying yourself and also destroying whole world. Now think about even I, you know, shift my mind, my thoughts, little bit positive direction. It's helped me and also it's helped another one man. So what I'm trying to tell you, ego is painful, but ego is very healthy to live our life. Same time, all the problems come to us because of our egotistical mind. So according to the teaching of the Buddha, there are two different truths in this world. Usually always we say there's a one truth, but according to the Buddha, there's a two, two truths. So one, first one we say conventional truth. All the names, all the labels we made. Now think about, we call the Blue Lotus Buddhist Temple. Even look like a church, we call the temple. It's a conventionally, I made this name, the Blue Lotus Temple. Now you all have names. Conventionally, your parents, they made it for convenience. Otherwise, how we are going to do that? How we are going to communicate? How we are going to talk? So most of the things we made names and label for our convenience, but after many years using that names, labels, now we are believing it. We are believing it is real. But it is not real, we made conventionally to make our life comfortable. Right? Then Buddha was talking about another truth, it's called the ultimate truth. So that means when we are living in this conventional world, we understand in reality, whatever we call conventional, in reality there is no such thing. Does it make sense? There is no such thing, that's what we call the ultimate. So being in this world, we cannot run away from the conventional world. Even I'm enlightened, even I'm a Buddha, 
still i had to function in this world to function we had to we all had to have that conventional ideas and label and that truth to exist that's what i call the healthy ego to survive but in reality there is no such thing one day somebody asked from the buddha who is i simple word right who is i buddha said believing something not exist i means believing something not exist now i am asking you who is i how you are going to define i you can define i my name so and so i live in this city i dress like this i am a teacher i am a business owner i have a long hair i have bald head right you know you know always outside you know the information using that that's how we are introducing ourselves that's real you your body is i the way you dress is i way you talk is i no now think about then buddha use an example then buddha said think about the like a car we say that is a conventional name right car so in the conventional name is in the car there are so many brands right there are so many brands when we say car that shape the way it look like we label it is a car now think about then buddha said take all the pieces out now after we have different pieces different piles pointing one pile do we say this is a car then we say this is a metal <laughs> pile of metal right you know metal something like that that's what we say after we separate all the pieces we don't say a car but after we put pieces together certain shape then we call it a car then is become a my car so another experience i had long time ago now still we have that blue car at the temple asaji is using that car now and so long time ago i had the very old car very very long time ago and so one of our members used to live here he moved his name is david somebody people already know and so he said bante this is not right you need the car let's go and get a car and then what i did he said let's go to a toyota dealership in um, what is the road uh, 31 right 31 toyota dealership let's get a car then i said sure i don't know about the car only thing i know how to drive and then i went to the toyota dealership then he said bante look for a car then i look around then i saw that blue car then i said okay i like blue car because the temple is a blue lotus now think about my conventional mind right and i was thinking okay i like the blue car then he said okay let's do the test drive i did it you know tyler knows my nature i said it's okay is i like it you know so then i i said okay i like it then he said okay then you know the dealership people took like hours to fill the papers and signature and signature right after another signature thousands of signature <laughs> after few hours later you know manager came to me and holding the key congratulations this is your car then this is my first time brand new car now i'm so excited now i have a brand new car even i know how to drive david said bande now you can go home rest i will take care of then i came back no now i'm driving home very carefully very carefully i parked the car then couple of monks used to live with me they are excited for me too because i have brand new car so then everybody come and open the door push the buttons and you know they are very excited <laughs> i was so upset stop 
This is my car. Don't touch it. Don't break it. I'm so worrying. Like child, right? I'm so worrying. Everybody was laughing. Then we parked the car. We don't have a garage. That night, I cannot sleep. Why? I'm so worrying about my old, you know, brand new car. Outside, somebody will steal it. Then I was thinking, that night, first night, I couldn't sleep because I'm worrying about my car. Then, <laughs> I know it is so funny, right? Then I realized, what is the issue with me? Then I was thinking, this is the practice. I don't understand while I'm sitting on the cushion these things. I was thinking and gaining the wisdom. Then what happened? I was thinking, how many times I was driving by Toyota dealership before I buy this car? More than thousand times back and forth, 31, I was driving back and forth to my classes and things. Uh, you know, I saw thousands of cars there, but I didn't have any interest, even one car. No interest at all. I just see the, there's a dealership. Right after I go there, pick a car, put my name into it, got the key to my hands. Now I'm driving like an hour, you know, 35 minutes, 40 minutes driving. Now I feel this is my car. Now think about how we are creating the problems. Before that, I didn't have that issue. Now I have a car. So then I realized I... What I did, I put I into that car. This is my car. Still I know conventionally it is my car. I have a car, it is my car. Now this is how I understand with my practice. Now still I call it, this is my car. I am really taking care of it. I am really good with that. I am taking care of my car. If something going wrong with my car, I am totally fine. So now I'm always telling the monks, we get the accidents. That's so normal. If you get into the ac accident, if you are not breaking your back or you know any bones, you will be fine. We, later we can fix it. But if like a, 20 years ago, I don't say that. <laughs> I said, be careful. Right? Even other day I said to Asaji, Asaji, look at this car, lots of dents and things, what's wrong, right? I was asking, you know, I, I will ask that, but I am not getting upset with it now. Does this make sense? Why? I know it is conventional. So now you can see why we have all those issues come to our life. Whatever six senses we have, we are using our six sense, whatever we see, we put I into it. Whatever we hear, we put I into it. Whatever we taste, we put I into it. It makes sense now? So that is the issue. So what we are doing now, without focusing on that area, that mind, that challenges, we can do other thousand good things around it. Then what will happen? Still, you are building ego. Now people say, oh, I don't do anything wrong. I come to the temple, only thing I do, good things. People even doing the good things, they have an egotistical mind. So now think about, Marty, I will use, you know, I can see you, you are, I'm using you as an example. You know, so Marty came to the temple yesterday and worked, because we have a fundraiser, you know, in the farmer's market. So she worked so many hours. You know, I didn't have time to say goodbye to you, you know, I did my work, I left. Now think about when I'm leaving, still you are working. Now think about, you did something awesome. 
helping. Now some people I know, I'm not talking about Marty now, some people I know after we help, oh my God, Bhante Sujata didn't come to me and say thank you to me. He didn't send me a thanking note, you know. So saying thank you to the people who work hard, that's my job. I have to say that. If I don't say thank you to people, I have to address that. If she's expecting that, there's something wrong with that person, not with me. So that means even we are doing all the good things, having expectation, what is that means? Still, we are developing our egotistical mind. So, all the good things we create, we call the meritorious deeds or wholesome deeds, whatever. If you are not aware about what you are doing, still you are making ego in your mind. When you do bad things, of course, <laughs> you know, there is no question about it. So, therefore, if you think I am always doing good things, therefore I am perfect, no, no. You are not perfect. Still, you are building ego. Most of our things, using our senses, what we are doing, building this egotistical mind. So, now think about when you understand more about that egotistical mind, then you become so humble. That means you are ready to bend down and ready to bow, ready to respect, ready to listen, but don't become a doormat. You know, when you become so humble, that means people think, Oh, now people are going to use me. Right? So, I will tell you one last thing. Long time ago, Nancy May, who passed away, she and uh, myself did the retreat here at the temple in this space. It's called the Loving Kindness Retreat. Yoga and meditation, all day retreat. After, there was a man in the neighborhood. He's homeless. He always come to this building. Always come to building. Always asking money. We know about this man all the time, very difficult, and he never listened. He's always coming and asking money. He always asking money for milk for the baby. So then what he, he does, after we give money, he go to the convenience, what he's doing. He knows we see it, but still we are keep helping him. So after lunch, we are sitting here, NC and the group was there at the door, and everybody taking a little break. Then I saw that man came in, he's asking money from those ladies. Okay, so I can see now. Doing here, get out. I said that. Then Nancy said, Bhante, this is loving kindness retreat. <laughs> That's what she said. I said, Nancy, doesn't matter. I know the story. Right? So now people think Bhante Sujata, the loving kindness monk, I'm not always, and be <laughs> honest. I have my moments. Even I'm humble, I'm ready to surrender. I know how to say things. So therefore, you can take care of your egotistical mind. Ego is a healthy thing to have in your life, to live this life. But if it is annoying to you, be careful about that. When you are working on it, be humble. But if you become a doormat, something wrong with your practice again. So, what I'm asking you, if you really want to have a peaceful, loving, kind, perfect life, so whatever you hear, whatever you see, whatever you taste, whatever you take in using our six senses, be careful, don't put I into it. Just see it, merely see it, merely hear it, merely taste it. 
Otherwise, we always put I into that. After that, we are creating whole story around it and make the demon, then we are worrying and suffering. Does it make sense? 